Do you sometimes feel like you're just going through the motions? You get up, go to work, come home, have dinner, watch TV, and go to bed. The next day, the routine starts all over again. In this episode of Divorce is Not a Destination, I share how living consciously is about regaining control over your life. Instead of doing things on autopilot, think about what you want to do and how you want to go about it. I'm Dr. Lisa Summerauer, and I'm here to help you live your life your way because divorce is not a destination. Hello, hello, hello. Let me get my volume set here. And uh, I saw a few people hop in and hop out. Uh, but we are going to have our show just the same. And let me see. Ma, give me a clap if you can hear me okay. So this microphone doesn't adjust, isn't adjustable until I'm actually on the air. It needs to be connected. And that's why every week I have to adjust this volume to get it right. Um, but I uh, sometimes can fix it in the in the edits, but I like to make sure that you can hear me while I'm on here so I'm not whispering and my mom doesn't have to run out here and knock on my door and tell me she can't hear me. So I'm guessing you can hear me right now. So I'm just going to jump in. I'm going to be talking about uh, living consciously tonight. And this is interesting because we were at a breakfast Christmas morning with friends of ours, Vanetta and Curtis. And they actually talked about being intentional, which is basically living consciously. It's living on purpose. So let me go ahead and, and get, get kick this off here. I'm Dr. Lisa Summerhour, and I'm creator of a program, a, a proprietary program called Divorce is Not a Destination. And I work with women who are in high profile positions who are divorced on the brink of divorce and some who are working to avoid getting divorced. And I know that they're looking for a couple of things. One is community, support, and confidentiality as they move through this time in their life. And what I work with them on in the program is being accountable, learning how to understand and embrace being accountable and being in alignment so that uh, how they're showing up in the world is in alignment with their faith and their, their values. And then we work on communication and being able to communicate. A lot of these women, because of what they do, they communicate very well. Uh, but we work on communicating with confidence and being comfortable in doing it without feeling guilty about what you want to communicate. And then the final thing that we work on is trust. And we work on trust so that they come through the program understanding that they have everything they need to make the healthiest decisions for themselves, which is another confidence booster and something that's really empowering. So that is what the program Divorce is Not a Destination is about. This podcast is a an extension of that. And it just gives me an opportunity each week to come in and talk about things that affect a lot of us. Um, but I do try to focus on those folks who are going through a divorce or have been divorced and are still working through some things just to give them ideas and give them that the support that the support they might need. So this week I'm talking about reclaiming your life by living consciously. So it's basically living on purpose and being really intentional about how you show up in the world. And, and what happens for um, a lot of people who have gone through a divorce or even a long-term relationship that has ended, um, you realize that you're in a rut. 
So you've had this person in your life who's no longer there. And there were things that the two of you did together. There were routines that you had and traditions and just habits that you had. And now they're gone. And for a lot of people, instead of transitioning into how do I do this on my own, they just stop. So the walks that you used to take with that person, you don't take the walks anymore because you don't want to do it by yourself. Or maybe you don't want to be reminded of this person on that path that you used to walk, like physically being on that trail or that bike path or walking trail or whatever it is, it's going to bring up memories of that person. So instead of finding another place to walk, you just stop walking. Um, you just turn into a creature of habit. You turn into a little bit of a robot. You just put yourself on autopilot and just keep moving through. Now, this can happen to people who have gone through a divorce or some other traumatic loss or experience, or just folks who have just, I don't know how you, you sometimes just fall into these, these ruts. Um, and if you feel like you're just going through the motions, you're not doing things intentionally anymore. You're not planning. Uh, your, your routine hasn't changed. So you're getting up in the morning and you're getting dressed and you're going to work and you're eating lunch at the same place you always eat lunch. And then you're coming home, driving the same path you always drive home, coming home and having dinner, getting on your pajamas and going to bed. And you get up the next day and it's almost like you put yourself on your own little um, hamster wheel, doing the same thing every single day. So it may be because of a life change. Uh, there's so many reasons that this this could happen. And I, it made me think, Ma, you might remember this. It made me think of when my grandmother, uh, my grandfather passed. And my grandmother at, I don't know, late 60s, early 70s started dating. And uh, some of the folks in the family kind of lost their minds. They were not cool with Nana dating. It was almost like she was cheating on my grandfather who was deceased. And I remember her saying to me one day, the Lord took Henry. My grandfather's name was Henry. The Lord took Henry. He didn't take me. I still need to live my life. And so instead of her slipping into this rut and this tendency to just go into a routine or even depression behind losing somebody she had been with for 40 years, my grandmother consciously, she took it, took control of what she could control and she continued doing things and, and trying new things. She became a creative memories consultant and was working with me for a while doing that and traveling with me to conferences and, and, and events. And she decided to keep living her life. Um, I could actually say the same thing about, about my mom losing my dad. It's that conscious decision to continue living your life in a way that brings you joy. And so you're not just going through the motions, right? So um, what is it that you can do to be more connected in your own life? What is something that you can do to have these experiences in your life mean something, to make these moments matter? You can enjoy your life more and feel uh, happier, have more, be more content in your life and feel like you have more control. Hey, E-Money, how you doing? Um, by living consciously, you can get your life back. And that's what this episode is about. So whatever situation you has, that might have brought you to this point, or if you know someone you feel like has gotten to this point, this is one of those episodes you can share with them. So what does it mean to actually live consciously? What does it mean? 
It's, it's you taking control over your life instead of you just going through the motions of your life and just being, like I said, on autopilot. Or some people say, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go and see what happens. And I, I call those people spectators. They're spectators in their own life. They're just sitting around waiting to see what's gonna happen. And I typically say to folks like that, pretty much you'll just be sitting around watching your life pass you by because if you do nothing, you're probably gonna be experiencing close to nothing. So it means that you get to see the people that you really wanna see and spend time with. It means you choose to do the things that you really truly want to do that bring you joy, that are rewarding and exciting and invigorating for you. And so it also means you stop doing things that you don't really wanna do with people you don't really wanna do things with in the first place, right? Um, and that also means stop doing things with people you know don't really want to spend time with you either. There's a, there's a flip side to that. Um, and if you sit and think about it, think about the things that you do and you regret it later. Or one of the, And that's one of the ways you can, you can tell. If you do something or say yes to something and then afterwards you're sitting around complaining about it, you're, you're playing the martyr, um, you, you just don't feel good about it. You wish you hadn't done it. It's an opportunity for you to take stock in. What is that about? Is it the activity that I didn't really want to be engaged in? Or is it the person or people that were involved in the activity that I really don't get pleasure spending time with them? Now, I'm not talking about the holidays where every now and then you might be around some family members that aren't your favorite people <laughs> in the whole world, but you know you're just going to get through that night or that day and be fine with it. But I'm talking about other things where you find yourself, um, I'm not going to say habitually, but much more than you would like, you find yourself doing things because you just haven't learned to say no. You haven't learned to reclaim your life so that uh, you can do the things that matter for you. So if you can get to this point where you're really being conscious about how you're showing up in your life, it can be the most rewarding and fulfilling experience that you can, ha you can have because it makes those day-to-day -day things matter in a way that they weren't mattering before. So think about the things that are in your control, the things where you feel like you're in the driver's seat because uh, sometimes we're we're frustrated because we're trying to control things that aren't even in our uh, in our in our ability to control. We don't have the ability to control them, and then that brings all this frustration to us. So when you're living consciously, things like your daily routine, and I'm I'm going to keep this really simple because sometimes we're looking for these really big things that we think we're going to do. Well, we don't do really big things every day. It's hard to have a phenomenal vacation every weekend or something really extravagant happen every week. But think about the things that you do every day that have just turned into routines and they're so routine that you don't even think about them anymore. And that may not be good. You know, it's not, it's not like brushing your teeth. I'm not telling you to try to make brushing your teeth more exciting, but now that I said that, you could be really intentional about that three minutes of brushing your teeth and find out I'm not even spending three minutes because I just rushed through even brushing my teeth. So even making yourself, teaching yourself to take three minutes might be something that changes your life a little bit and your dentist could be happier. So let's talk about getting up in the morning. So maybe you get up every day at six o'clock. Maybe you start getting up 15 minutes earlier. 
and you figure out what is it that you can do in that 15 minutes when you get up 15 minutes earlier. You can listen to a self-help tape, something that gets your brain thinking more positively at the very beginning of your day. You could uh, spend 15 minutes reading, meditating, and prayer. You could spend 15 minutes exercising. It may not seem like a lot, but 15 minutes first thing in the morning to get your blood flowing, uh, get the oxygen and everything going in your body could be a huge difference for you for how you start your day. Um, you could take 15 minutes in the morning and, you know, I'm in California, so three hours uh, on the East Coast, people are already up. Two hours in Chicago, folks are up. An hour later, even in some place like Denver, folks might be up. So maybe you have one or two friends that you start making calls to uh, once or twice a week during that 15 minutes early, something that's just going to make you feel good and probably make somebody else feel good if you're reaching out to them. So I really want you to start thinking about your day and in increments and the things that you do during the day that you can just tweak, that you can do a little differently, or you can add something to. And that 15 minutes early is one of them. So even breakfast, sometimes we're doing the same thing for breakfast because we don't have time to do anything else. So if you just get up and grab whatever cold cereal is in the fridge because it's just easier, that 15 minutes might be where you find time to make uh, an egg sandwich or oatmeal. My mom has her oatmeal with her fruit in it every day. She's got her routine because it's something she loves to have. Like it's a staple in our kitchen that we're going to have bananas, blueberries, agave, and oatmeal because she loves that for breakfast in the morning. So if there's something that you really, really would love to do and you're telling yourself, I don't have time, use some of that 15 minutes and make time for the breakfast that you really want to have. And if you do love cold cereal, maybe you mix it up. Maybe some mornings you have fruit with it or you just have a side of fruit or something that changes it up because it does something to your brain to switch up that routine every now and then. Um, you can also prep your food at the beginning of the week. And I know some people cringe when they hear this because it just seems so organized. But if you took time on Sunday and just prepped your breakfast during the for the week and made sure that you had everything that you needed for breakfast every day, it could make a huge difference in the morning when you get up to really have a breakfast that you like. Like, I don't think you should just have a decent breakfast on Saturday or Sunday or when you go away. That's the only time that some people have a decent breakfast. There's a way to do it at home. Um, now, there are, all, there are all things, there are things that all of us have to do. You know, there are just, they're just certain things we're not going to get away with not doing. And the, the challenge is figure out another way to do it. So you got to go to work unless you're retired and you got money coming in. So what does living consciously look like in the workplace? How can you... Go to work and be really conscious about how things are getting done during your workday. So one idea is to figure out if there is a project or something that you really, really want to work on. And you can talk to your supervisor about working on this project. So instead of just going in and doing your job, find out if there's something else that really would get your interest because it will completely shift your energy. The other good thing about being really conscious at work is it could be your ticket to a, a promotion or a, a pay raise when people realize there's something different about how you're showing up every day. There's just something different about how you're showing up. 
um, being conscious at work might mean offering to help somebody that's that you see is struggling with something or they're overworked and you've got a little bit of flex in your day where you can extend that kind of courtesy to help somebody else. So what are some of the things you can think to do at work um, that give you that uh, opportunity to work more consciously, to live more consciously, even at work? So routine tasks that you might do. Uh, I'll tell you, um, I know at home because I, I, I work primarily from home it's easy to have music going or there are times even when I've had the TV on in the background and it depends on what I'm doing, but there's a different kind of attention that I'm able to pay to things when it's quiet. So if you're in a work environment and you're able to get the, the, the quiet that you need to really focus, to really be conscious and focus on whatever the task is, it would be interesting to be able to do that for a week or two and see how your productivity changes see how your accuracy changes and see how your creativity might be changing because you are actually giving yourself the space to be more creative and to really focus on whatever that task might be. So if you are uh, a writer, um, if you're somebody that has to do detailed work or working with teams or grading, pay, whatever it is, see if there's a way you can change your environment to some degree and give yourself the quiet that you need or if you are one of those people that a little background music is what helps you stay focused, figure out if that's something that you can do at work. If you're able to have a little bit of music playing in the background in your office so that you can have something that makes you feel good about being in your, in your work environment. So the, the more you notice what you're doing, the more you can really strive to excel in your job. And, and it, I think work may be the most challenging place for people to do this because we kind of know what it is we're supposed to do every day at work and we just go in and try to get the job done and, and get out of there. But if you really slow down and pay attention to what it is that you're doing, you may find nuances in your job that you've been doing for years that you never noticed before. And it may really change how you show up at work and how you're seen at work. So think about that. Think about this whole idea of living consciously even when you are in your work environment. So talked about just in general uh, or at home, talked about work, and then there's your free time. There's the, there's the time that maybe you plan for it, maybe you don't. And this is, is sometimes the most challenging thing for people, especially if you've gone through a breakup because you have more free time than you probably had before. And this is where a lot of people may fall into a little bit of a slump because what do you do with your free time now that you're single? What do you do with your free time now that you're alone? And I really want to encourage you to fill this time with things that make you feel good, even if it's taking a nap. Because some of you probably, my mom is a professional nap taper, taker. Some of you probably haven't done that in forever, um, planned a nap or just some downtime. Those things count as being conscious, because if you're intentional about it, it's not just because you passed out in front of the TV. If you're being intentional about it and it makes you feel better um, and it's bringing you some sense of joy or satisfaction, then good for you because that's part of this whole thing of living more consciously. So when you get home in the evening, what are the things that you really, really want to do? And for some folks, 
Maybe it's hanging out with a neighbor for a little while. Maybe you, you come in and drop your things and you're in your garage. I, we had a friend here a few weeks ago and she said her neighbors are always standing in her driveway because she's doing crafts and building things in her garage. And so they, st they stand, Wanda, she's on here quite a bit. They stand in the driveway and kind of look to see what she's doing. And, and it seems kind of fun and funny, but that's sort of their way of socializing. So if you have that kind of relationship with a neighbor, maybe that's one of the things that you do, figure out how do I spend more time with this particular neighbor? Maybe this is when you sit home and read a book. Maybe you have downtime in the evening where you're able to run a hot bath a couple of times a week and just come home and chill in a tub um, after dinner. So figure out what is something that you can do intentionally that is purely designed to help you feel good about you and how you're showing up in your own life. Um, maybe you want to take up a hobby. Maybe you want to make jewelry or start sewing or crocheting or painting or working out. You know, and it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. You don't have to join a gym. Now you can get apps on your phone that will give you workouts for every single day. And they, they vary. So you're not doing the same thing every day. So figure out if that's something that you want to do, because the benefits of that go far beyond just your physical health. It's a really good way to, to pick your energy up. It's a good way to kind of get your, your brain activity up so your juices are flowing and you're thinking differently. There's There are so many benefits to exercising that that right there would be worth uh, a $25, $30 app all by itself. And it's something that you're doing intentionally. It's something that you're doing for you and it's intentional. So when you're thinking consciously, it really puts you in the frame of mind for you to discover what are the things in, in my life? What are the things in your life that you can actually control? And when you start narrowing those things down, because it's probably not nearly as much, I think I said this earlier, probably not as many things as we'd like to think. But when you really look at the things that you can control and you start being intentional about how you operate with those things, um, it is one of the most empowering experiences you can have for yourself. It's, it's so empowering. It's going to have you feeling so much better about how you're living your life and how you're showing up in the world. So that, that thinking consciously is an empowering experience. Um, you want to do this so that you're not wasting your time. This is this kind of, if, if I could put it in one sentence, it's doing things so that you're not wasting your time. And you're the only person who can determine if you're wasting your time. And like I said before, the telltale signs are regret after you've done it, in the middle of it, wishing you weren't there doing it. Um, those are the things, and it's about catching them on the front end so that you don't have that regret on the back end. So when you make this personal vow to yourself to live more consciously, you just open this door to uh, more joyous experiences. So ask yourself questions like, what is it that you truly want for yourself? What are you looking for? What is your, what is your desire for yourself? Um, who are the people that you really want to spend time with. I would even say, write these things down. Write down some of the folks that you know you really wanna spend time with, whether they're near you or not, because it'll be good for you to see this list because it puts you in a position to start reaching out to these people and spending time, could be face-to-face, -face, could be on your computer, it could be Zoom, and it might be phone calls. 
But if you have that list of the people, you may surprise yourself with the names that pop up on that list from people you haven't been communicating with just because you've been in a routine and probably so have they. Um, how can you spend your leisure time? This is another question. How can you spend your leisure time in a way that recharges you, right? So it gives you more energy. It makes you feel good and brings you joy. Yesterday was my date day. And I took myself to the San Diego Zoo because I knew they had the uh, Christmas lights out. And I wanted to see the Christmas lights, but they also have a really nice restaurant. So I booked a reservation at Albert's. And last night I had a phenomenal dinner at Albert's. I walked around the zoo for a little while. I took the bus ride, the tour, even at night they have tours. You can barely see any animals in the cages, but they're giving you the tour and they're still telling you what's in the cage, even though you can't see the animals, but the lights are out. There were families all over the place. There was music going and it was just a really wonderful experience. And it just did, I just felt amazing being out there, even though I was by myself. So I highly encourage, you know, date yourself. You should be a really, really good date for yourself. Another question, how can you become more psychologically engaged in the work that you do so that you can increase your performance? In other words, go to work and pay attention to what you're doing. Like really, really study what it is that you're supposed to be doing that day and then put everything you have into doing it with as much excellence as you can muster up and see if it makes a difference, not just in your performance, but how you feel about your performance and how other people see you at work. I'm telling you, this is a, that's a promotion. That's a, that's a acknowledgement by somebody waiting to happen. If you do that consistently, are you taking care of your physical self in a way that um, is allowing you to get the results that you want. So I just talked about that whole exercising thing. It could be walking. I have a hula hoop that I pull out every now and then. It's more about movement than exercise, right? So think about even when you're sitting all day at work, every 45 minutes or 30 minutes or hour, whatever, get up and take a few minutes and do something. If it's walking up and down your hallway or doing challenge yourself to do 50 jumping jacks or sit-ups if you're able to do them. But the thing about movement, it's more important than just exercising because some people, um, some people exercise for like 90 minutes in the morning and then they spend the rest of the day sitting. And so it's sort of like, yeah, the exercising was good, but you've had no movement the rest of the day. So figure out um, as you're looking at these, asking yourself these questions, what is it that I can do physically that's going to get me the results that I really, really want. And then do that thing consistently and consciously, like be really intentional and pay attention as you're working your body or walking or doing whatever it is you're doing. Or my friend, just a girlfriend of mine sent me this for Christmas. This thing cracks me up. It says 30 second dance party. 30 second dance party. And it plays 30 seconds of music. So at any point, even if I'm on a, if I'm on a zoom, that wouldn't be really being conscious. I could hit the mute button and turn myself off camera and I can dance for 30 seconds. But she said, great way to kind of just relieve a little tension or stress and have fun for 30 seconds. Um, and you could do something like that. Figure out what is it, what is it that's going to make you laugh in the middle of the day? What is it that's going to leave you smiling, even if nobody else knows about it? These are things that are probably going to be conscious. Like you can create scenarios and situations that cause you to smile about what's going on in your day. 
Um, and how you answer those questions is going to help you get down that path of conscious living. So I, I really, I know, mom, I know you're on here. I don't know if you had anything you wanted to, to say, but I just really wanted to get on here tonight and encourage people to think, think about what it is that you're doing, the routines that you have. Um, the couple that we were with this weekend for Christmas morning talked about us being intentional and doing things on purpose. And I just thought it was a great, uh, a great way to end the, the year and start the next year with people thinking about, you know, these are the folks that we wanted to be with today. And this was a conscious decision for us to be here. This is the vibe. This is the feeling that we want to have when we're spending time with people. And so for that room was filled with people from 80 something down to a two year old. Uh, who was running around the house. So the age range was all over the place. But we had a person, I think she was in her teens, who talked about what it meant to come to this family event every year and how much she loved it and how she couldn't wait to be old enough to have her own place and have things like this in her place. And so when you're intentional, that's what can create things like traditions. And that's what encourages and inspires young people to want to model behavior. Because when we do things with that kind of intention, it's contagious. Mom, what did you want to say? Can you hear me? Yep. Oh, I wanted to go back to, um, you know, uh, losing someone that you you loved, whether you were married or, or just in a long-term relationship, and finding things to do. Because today there are so many meetup groups, mm -hmm. uh, people, uh, you know, who, who are like-minded, uh, anything from bowling groups to knitting groups to exercise, um, hiking, vacations. There are just hundreds and hundreds of meetup groups in any area you live. And you can go to meetup.com and find um, something that you're interested in and meet new people. That's a great one, actually. Meetup.com. Yeah, that's great. And, and I did one a few months ago, it was a group and it was a walking tour of Old Town San Diego. And since I'm still fairly new here, I had never done a walking tour of Old Town San Diego, saw things down there I didn't even know were there. Um, but it was a great way to get out and meet some people and do something on purpose, you know? And so sometimes that's a great idea, Mom, because when you schedule something, that's really intentional. And <laughs> you're probably, if you have to spend money, you're more inclined to show up but it's a way to force yourself to get out and do something. And I, and I say force, not because you don't want to do it, but because you're apprehensive or scared and you haven't been doing these things. So you might feel a little awkward. And I just challenge people to step out of your comfort zone. Actually, I challenge you to expand your comfort zone, you know, grow that comfort zone so that it includes things that it didn't include last week. And Meetup is one of those places where you can go in. I think you can go in and look by topic, right? Or activity. Yes, you can look in uh, for your area. I don't know if they ask for a zip code, but mm -hmm. you can look in your area and uh, put in your interest. Um, some of them even give you an age group. Yep. Uh, okay. It'll tell you if it's for women, men, singles, whatever. Uh, there's just so much information on the site. Um, so there's really no excuse for us not to get out and do things that we enjoy. Yep. Um, the other thing, um, you said something about finding something that makes you laugh every day. Yep. I made a conscious effort, <clears throat> or I started, um, and I'm still trying to do that, 
um, when all the political stuff was going on to, to go to sleep after watching something funny. So usually it was Steve Harvey's uh, family feud (laughs) because I just think you feel better when you're happy, when you go off to sleep (laughs) and not, not frustrated or angry or worried about whatever. Um, so I try to find something that has that's kind of lighthearted before I go off to sleep at night. Okay, folks, that's two good ones you just got from my mom. You need to hit <laughs> meet up and find something light and funny before you go to sleep so that you go to sleep feeling good as yeah. opposed to watching a horror movie or looking at the news and it's 20, 20 minutes of negativity. Right. Um, so those are, are two really good ones. And how cool at the very end of your day to realize you can still be intentional and be conscious. um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Consciously find something to do right before you go to sleep. That's going to make you sleep better and feel better. Right. And wake up up feeling better. Yeah. Probably going to sleep better and wake up feeling better. So I, thanks mom for coming on with those. Yep. Um, That's good for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good night, everybody. Have a great weekend. Have a happy and safe new year, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to my series, Divorce is Not a Destination. You can connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Divorce is Not a Destination. And if you enjoyed this episode, recommend Divorce is Not a Destination to your family and friends. Be sure to join my live audience and see upcoming shows by registering for access here at Fireside. That's firesidechat.com backslash Lisa Summer Hour. L-I-S-A-S-U-M-M-E-R-O-U-R. Catch replays here on Fireside or your favorite streaming channel. Until next time, remember, your life, your journey, and divorce is not a destination. Live on Fireside.